The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brobble. Now get a Big Mac or Double Cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. Last couple of weeks, each day of the week, I've described as undefeated. Undefeated Monday, undefeated Tuesday, undefeated Wednesday, because the Eagles were undefeated. Can't say that today. It is a manic Monday here on Birds 365, show number 630. And Johnny Mack, I got to tell you. I haven't asked in a while. 630, I got to write that down. The 629 previous iterations of... Birds 365 are unlike today's because of all the shows we've done and only however many of them, how many games the Eagles have played, uh, 50 some odd games, 60 some odd games uh, since you and I started doing the show. I have never started a show saying I did not see that coming. <laughs> Even when the Eagles alive, we started two years ago with Nick Sirianni when they uh, fought their way into the playoffs, got beat by Tampa Bay, lost uh, eight games that regular season. <clears throat> and the whole time you and I have been doing the show, I've never felt so much like asking you, what the heck happened yesterday? Oh, boy. Perfect storm. I mean, you lose the turnover battle. That's where it starts. You lose the turnover battle for nothing. You know, uh, uh, typically you're not even 
you don't even have a chance to win the game. So that's number one uh, team that's uh, good with ball security. All of a sudden for 60 minutes was bad with ball security. And then you had the uncharacteristic, you know, we just talked about it before we jumped on Devonte Smith, two drops. That, that just doesn't happen. Jake Elliott missed 37 yard field goal. That just doesn't happen. It all happened in the same game. Um, and then you have the injury, Lane Johnson. Uh, and, you know, we got to keep an eye on that because it's a long history of this team. This team's not good. It's bizarre. This team, I don't get me wrong, Lane Johnson's an all-pro player, potential former Hall of Fame player. But you rarely see an offensive lineman you see with quarterbacks. You know, the Jets are a perfect example. We all thought they were a Super Bowl contender or were on the cusp of being a Super Bowl contender. They lose their quarterback. That's understandable. You take a step back. They take a step back when the right tackle's off the field, which tells you how important the right tackle is. And he, I think, played nine plays, and you saw some of the uh, repercussions of that. Just a bunch of things. And the fact that, oh, by the way, when we say the Jets were a Super Bowl contender, that wasn't just because of Aaron Rodgers. That was the final piece of the puzzle. There's a lot of good players on the other side of the football. Quentin Williams, Garrett Wilson, on and on and on and on. And I'll throw the coaching in there. It's too a lot of hubris in that coaching. They thought they could do whatever they want in that game. You know, to me, if you come out of that two-minute warning, run the football, drain the clock, the Jets are out of the timeout, you probably get it down to about 105. Even if Braden Mann hits a touchback and he was punting well, getting his revenge, one of the few players – uh, 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 getting his revenge on the Jets. But even if he touches it back, they got to go 20 from the 20 with Zach Wilson with no timeouts and a little over a minute. And yeah, they only need a field goal, but I like my chances there. I like my chances. So a lot of hubris uh, from the coaching staff. I'll throw that into the pots, the cocktail. Um, and, and it, Jalen Hurts, uncharacteristic bad decision uh, you know, on that third down play, throwing in the double coverage. Everything that could go wrong, Newton's law went wrong, and they lost the football game. Look, San Francisco lost on the same day to P.J. Walker. Uh, the, the Bills were a play away, a yard away from losing to the New York Giants. Probably should have lost if they just ran the football. Um, a lot of weird things happen in this league. Usually they don't happen to the Eagles. Yesterday, they happened to the Eagles. It was just a weird day, and the Eagles were as close to the top of the list as you can get. Um, but I'm glad you went there about the final couple minutes of the game. Because, yes, we, we've been talking about this since after the Super Bowl last year, and the Eagles lost both of their coordinators, and they hired one from within and one outside to take their places. And the Eagles were winning games earlier in this, early in the season, 5-0 and going into yesterday's game. But I hadn't really gotten a sense of whether the two new coordinators were holding up their end of the bargain, still learning on the job, long way to go. Uh-oh, this could be a bad hire. I, I was incomplete on deciding on both of those two guys. And I thought I would be after five games, but maybe I thought I'd be further along. 
yeah, I'm sorry. Brian Johnson takes an L yesterday. How, how do you how do you not try and run out the clock there at the end of the game? You just laid out the scenario. I'm saying the same exact thing to myself as I'm watching the game. You gotta let Zach Wilson with a little over a minute and no timeouts left drive it 45 to 50 yards to then watch a field goal kicker who, oh, by the way, your guy who never misses, misses one inside the 40. You got to put it on Greg Leg Erline, Zerline. To well, he was play. kicking pretty well, though. But, yeah. How Jake kick this year? Well, Jake was. What happened to 37 it, yards yesterday? But, I mean, You're in the game. You're saying Greg Zerline's a lock from 50 no. with the game on the line? No, but uh, in the game, in the game, he was kicking well. And, obviously, all they had was field goals to that point. They had four field goals. So, they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Uh, look, and that's where I bring up. Yeah, you can criticize Brian Johnson, but that's Nick Sirianni. I mean, that's, you know, he's the head coach. He's the game manager. He he stepped back from uh, being the play caller because he wanted to manage the game, right? That's managing the game. And that's why I bring up that word, a little bit of hubris, thinking, ah, we'll make a play because we always make a play. Um, and let's go win the game right now. I do think you have to, realize the situation you know that's aaron Rodgers. i agree with him go for it go for it it's not it's yeah, zach wilson back. right um it, with a minute and five and no timeouts you, you you almost know he's gonna panic at some point do something maybe throw it underneath when he shouldn't throw it underneath all of a sudden the clock runs bang you tackle somebody inbounds game's over yeah i thought he should have played it safe and he, and he was very aggressive. Now that I see both sides of it because that's Nick's nature. Um, and that's, you know, this team's won a lot of games with that aggressive mindset. And it came up and it bit him. I just didn't think, and I think he pays, to be honest, I think he pays too much lip service about not disrespecting the opponent. In this situation, you got to be smart. Who cares what other people think? Who cares? It's Zach Wilson. Um, make him beat you. Make him beat you. Now, he'll say, I trust my quarterback. And he should trust his quarterback because the quarterback has earned that trust. And the quarterback made a bad play. Let's be honest. He made a bad play. So I get both sides. But you need to trust your quarterback. And if this were, forget about Baron Rodgers. If this were, insert name, last week, Matthew Stafford. Next week, Tua Tungavailoa, who's having a great season. There's about 20 quarterbacks, I'd say, you know what? Go for it. Try to win the game. This ain't one of them. I'm putting the game on his shoulders. And if he beats me, he beats me. But the defense was playing well. Um, they only gave up. What would 240 something total yards, 155 passing? And and did Garrett Wilson have about 150 of those? It seemed yeah. like the only play the Jets made on offense all day was a Garrett Wilson catch. Yeah. Well, he's a great player, by the way. He's Garrett Wilson good. would be a, a star already. And he is a star, but he, I think everybody would know him if Aaron was healthy and he'd, he'd be having a great year. But uh, that's uh, he's a great player. You know, one thing that frustrates me with coaches, and this is both sides, um, 
the Eagles had something going, obviously, with A.J. Brown. Um, fourth consecutive game over 125 yards. Devontae Smith, who I thought would have a big game, is uncharacteristically dropping the football. Dallas Goddard, you can talk about a couple drops as well. Um, you know, keep going to A.J. Keep feeding A.J. And the Jets, I would say, not only did they not keep feeding Garrett Wilson, they kept, you know, the Eagles weren't traveling James Bradbury, and they'd line him up on, on Bradbury, and he still beat Bradbury, don't get me wrong. But why, you, you have, on the other side, you have Josh Job and Eli Ricks before Eli Ricks, they're rotating before Ricks got hurt. They'd line him up over there. And they got, and coaches get in their own heads and they say, well, we can't keep doing the same thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you can. Yeah. They can't cover them. They're not traveling. The good corner, line them up on that side. I think they would have had more success, but they didn't do it. Yeah, I know that it's Nick's team. At the end of the day, Nick is going to get the credit and or take the blame. And he took a goodly amount last night, uh, his first uh, statement of, well, the players talk to themselves. So I didn't even need to. I, I'm not. I'm not uh, refuting that. It's probably true. I yeah, said, but I'm going to hold myself. Ac- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold myself accountable too, and and he will, and and I trust he will. Uh, I'm I'm going to give Brian Johnson more grief than you are, though. Um, and I was actually for the majority of the game, I was okay with his mindset, which is they're down to their third string cornerbacks. They're bringing guys up from the practice squad to play against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Yeah, we're going to throw a little bit more than we usually do. We're going to lean toward the pass because you, a good coach takes in the opposition. You just don't dismiss them. Although if there was a team to be dismissed before the game started, it was probably the Jets. You don't. But you look at them. You analyze them and go, how can we beat this team? And Throwing the ball a lot seemed like a damn good game plan to me at the start of the game. But you also have to be able to adjust as you go. And you have to be able to see that something is or isn't working. And then the biggest adjustment is all you got to go time and score. At the end of the game, you got to run three times. I don't care how much you try. If I had Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey out there, I'm sorry, I'm running the ball on third down. You've got one of the best running quarterbacks in the National Football League. You don't want to try a handoff. You don't want to think about a fumble. Then just tell Jalen, who never fumbles, to hold the ball, take off, get five yards, take 10 more seconds off the clock, run 40 more seconds after that, and the Jets got to go long field to kick a field goal and win. I'm sorry. That's on the guy who calls the play on third down. And I don't think Nick Sirianni called that play on third down. He can say it's our philosophy and we're aggressive and that's we thought we could end the game right there. That was the play call from the offensive coordinator. And I just thought, I know it's 2020 hindsight, but even before the ball went in the air and as soon as I dropped back and threw it, uh, I knew it was going to be a pass, not take off and run. I'm going to myself, what the hell did they call? I'm sorry, That's on Brian Johnson. I'm not giving up. I, I can't agree specifically for the reason I just said. Nick gave up the play calling to manage these situations. To manage these exact situations, to manage the game, that's why he gave up play calling. That is on him 150%. It's also on the quarterback for making a bad decision. But but, but I'm with you. They should have ran the football. I just said it. I'm with you 100%. 
Now, from that standpoint, because they make a bad decision, that doesn't give Jalen Hurts carte blanche to just make a bad, his worst decision of the game. He's got to be smart enough. They trust him for a reason. Uh, That part of it, I get, I get, like I said, he's earned that trust. um, And he made a bad mistake in a big situation. But when it comes to Brian Johnson versus Nick Sirianni, uh uh-uh, 100% Nick Sirianni. That's specifically, specifically why he gave up play calling because he said, you know what, I get bogged down, I can't manage the game, I can't do what I want to do, and that is the biggest game management situation you can have. And to his credit, he takes 100% of it. I'm not saying Nick is trying to shoulder it. But I get a lot of people are going to say, well, the play caller made a bad play call. Well, Nick Sirianni could say, uh-uh, we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball here. Let's let Zach Wilson's on the other side. Let's force Zach Wilson to beat it. It was coming out of the two-minute warning. They had plenty of time to discuss this, Jody. That is on the head coach, the game manager, the CEO coach, and then it's Jalen Hurts, and then you can get to Brian Johnson. Okay. Here's a question, a hypothetical. Everybody on the stream loves my hypothetical questions um, that I will ask of you, John McMullen. Usually I ask of our guests. And it's one that I'm pretty sure even 10 years from now, if you and I are still doing Birds 365 and Nick Sirianni has moved on to become a coach for another team, because it could happen because the Eagles. Everybody's don't... got a shelf life. Right, Exactly. Um, we thought Andy Reid might retire as an Eagle coach after 35 years of coaching him. Nope. At some point, they moved on from Andy Reid. So uh, 20 years from now, you get Nick Sirianni. You see him at the uh, scouting combine. Uh, he's working for another team. There's nothing to be gained or lost. You tell him, off the record, Nick, I'm never going to say this. I'm just going to whisper this in Jody McDonald's ear prior to one of our birds 365. I'm not going to bring it up on the ear. Who made that call on the play? Did Johnson call a running play, and did you overrule him and say, no, we got to put the ball in Jalen's hands. We trust our quarterback. Let's go for the first down and end this year. Is that not at least a possibility? It's plausible. Yeah, it's plausible um, because he's in he's in control of those situations. But I'm, I'm not even going that far. It, it's certainly possible that Brian said, let's run the ball. Nick said, let's go win it. Because uh, he's got an aggressive mindset. I'm not going to go that far. But I do know because I've had these discussions with Nick Sirianni. I do know he wants complete control in those game management situations. So whatever happens is with his tacit approval, uh, especially especially coming out of the two-minute warning. So I don't know if he changed it. Um, Brian could have very much understood what Nick wants in that type of situation and called the play and called the passing play and says, I know my head coach is aggressive and wants to go win the game. Um, so your, your hypothetical is certainly pos- possible. But to me, it doesn't even matter because I know, I know Nick Sirianni would have overruled if he wanted that football run and he wanted to drain clock. That's exactly why he stepped back and took the role he wants the role because he wants to be the puppet master 
and those big situations. I say shame on both of them. Um, if you want to put uh, that much more on Syria, you're right. He's head coach. One guy's the offense coordinator. One guy's the head coach. Who's going to take more to blame? Head coach. Who should take more to blame? Head coach. So he, if you put them in an order, Sirianni's certainly on top. The the drop off isn't as great for me as it is for you. You think that it's ninety percent on Sirianni. I uh, would would give Brian Johnson a little bit more grief for that particular play call, and that was a game deciding play call. All right, back and back. We got plenty to talk about. Eagles lose their first game. 49ers lost theirs too. It's one thing Sirianni says. All coaches say it. It's tough to win games in the National Football League. I roll my eyes when coaches say that. But then you have a day like yesterday. Well, they're right. A whole they're bunch 100% of games right, that you man. didn't see coming, yeah. come down the pike. You go, yeah, they're onto something there. About yeah. stuff to win games in the National Football League. Uh, he's McBall and I'm McDonald. Mac and Mac. We've got two good guests for you, both Eagle-centric, both in the house yesterday for yesterday's game, which a quick note. I just – uh, people are all upset because uh, I'm a Jet fan, still a Jet fan. I root for the Eagles. They're my second favorite team. But the Jets are the one New York team I still root for. Uh, I'm going to tick them off all again now. I got to give credit to, believe it or not, and this is just personal experience sitting in the stand yesterday, Jet fans. I thought it was going to be another Eagle takeover. With the Jets at 2-3 and and no Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't even 80-20, John. Yeah. The Jet fans were there in force. I thought they were going to give up their tickets. And I heard one E-A-G-L-E-S chant when I came in the door in line waiting to get in. And that was about it. Yeah. You go to the road games all the time. And out in L.A. last week, sound like an Eagle home game to me on the radio, on the television. It was not the case yesterday. There were uh, no. the Jet fans were there and they were loud and they were proud. And they walked out and went nuts at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I yeah, I would say with road games, you can only take over if they let you take over. Um, right, and Detroit they didn't last them. year. Detroit. Remember you coming yeah, back from Detroit? Going, I was stunned. Leave. Yeah, I was stunned. No, there were no Eagles fans in the building. You know, maybe ten percent. Same thing here. Um, yeah, they didn't let them take over. No, uh, they no. certainly would have. You know, you only got to go. And 90 miles up to whatever it is, up the turnpike. Easier commute as you um, get. Don't have yeah. to get on a plane to go anywhere. Yeah. And I, I so. did not think that was going to be the case. Much like the game yesterday. I had a bad read on that one. Also, the fan bases. I was surprised that the Jet fans were in masses the way that they were. All right, quick timeout. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, scheduled to join us. He was there. He just disappeared. Hopefully, we get him back. Uh, he's going to join us. And then uh, a little later, Chris Franklin. Uh, from nj.com so keep it right here on birds 365 go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC <laughs> Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles You got your MAGA Mac guys here on Birds 365 after the first Eagle loss of the season. It comes at the hands of the undermanned Jets. Uh, again, I'm going to say this 20 times today. Didn't see this one coming. Uh, we'll find out if Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports so this one coming as well. He looks like he can hear it. Can you hear us, Jeff Kerr? You were ready to grab the headsets there. Oh, no, I can hear you guys perfectly. By, by the way, Joe, I agree. Jets fans owned their own stadium yesterday. There was green, but it wasn't Eagles green. Yeah, yeah. They did a good job, Jets fans, from, uh, from an Eagles takeover. And look, you can't take over unless the opposition lets you. So. Right. Um, they deserve credit for that. The Jets fan base, um, not giving up and they performed, you know, I, I saw a quote this morning, you know, and I said on the post game show, Jeff, I, I said, Jalen Hurts, you know, played a bad game. I want to revisit that. I don't think he played a bad game. I think he played a last bad last two minutes. Um, I think there were a lot of good things in there from Jalen Hurts, but obviously it gets overshadowed. And I saw someone say the Eagles have, and 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 he's right by the way, better playmakers than ninety nine percent of the NFL. Certainly in that range, they got great playmakers. Devontae Smith, bad game. Dallas Goddard, at least bad play in a bad situation. DeAndre Swift, awful, yesterday. Um, playmakers except for A.J. Brown, didn't show up yesterday uh, for the quarterback. True or or not in your mind? I didn't think Jalen Hurts played that bad of a game. Uh, I thought he had a bad last quarter, but I think that was yeah. because he was clearly carrying the, the football team. They got nothing from the offensive line, especially when Lane Johnson went out. Yeah. They got nothing from the running backs. 14 carries for 33. I don't want to hear the Eagles don't run the ball. You can't run the ball if – I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh, I'll just <laughs> yeah. This is how upset I am about their running backs. You can't run the ball efficiently 
if you're getting if you're getting the ball and you're only getting the yard. That's on the offensive line. That's on the running backs they have. Kenny Gainwell gives them nothing. Boston Scott gives them nothing. DeAndre Swift can't pass block. There you go, John. I said my piece. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a pretty poor performance by the entire running back room yesterday. We'll give you that. Um, John made a great point in the first segment about the right tackle going out of the game and the offense looking completely different. How many teams in the National Football League does that happen to? Quarterback goes down, okay. Running back and a heavy uh, run team goes down, okay. Your star wide receiver, okay. The right tackle, he goes down, and it seems to have this domino effect on the entire offensive line. How much trouble are the Eagles in if this is a high ankle sprain and Lane Johnson's going to miss a month? I said to John yesterday, uh, the Eagles are 13-23 and when Lane Johnson does not start a game. Now, he started yesterday. But they're in trouble. That is one of two guys, I believe, on this team you can't afford to lose. The other one is Jalen, by the way. They were abysmal on the right side of the offensive line without Lane Johnson. Oh, by the way, they didn't have Cam Jurgens either. So you're having backup to Opeta and backup Jack Driscoll. Driscoll allowed seven pressures. Opeta allowed five. It, it, it was bad. It was a poor performance. And I'm not going to sit here and just blame everything on Jack Driscoll because he is the backup right tackle. He was thrown into a spot that he normally isn't in, but they are significantly going to miss Lane Johnson if he's out. Now, just talking to a couple guys in the locker room, they don't want to speak for Lane. They don't want to say anything, but it seems like they avoided a major injury. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, we start so the, you know, I went down the list. If you go back to last year in the health, uh, at, you know, during that game, they lost Lane Johnson. They lost Reed Blankenship uh, to a rib injury on, on the blindside block. Uh, you also have Jalen Carter, Darius Slay, Cam Jurgens, you mentioned, Avante Maddox, everybody's forget about. They also lost Bradley Roby in the game. Justin Evans, everybody's favorite, Quez Watkins. Uh, eight starters, eight of 22, um, were not in that game. And that's another thing. Eagles got – and how we how we mentioned this a couple times in the offseason, probably not going to happen again. We're probably not going to be as healthy. Um, they're not. They're not as healthy. Um, and, and in a lot of ways – um, you look ahead, and obviously they have a big test this week with Miami. Uh, the defense has kind of held up pretty well. Do you think that was more Zach Wilson or more of, of the defense playing well? I think it's more of the defense playing well. Uh, by the way, uh, I I went scorched turf in our CBS Slack room last night because I believe our friend Zach Rosenblatt reported Aaron Rodgers was helping out the Jets offense on the sidelines yesterday. I'm like, wow. why is that such a big deal? What did they do? They didn't do anything. The Eagles defense, Zach Wilson, confused the entire day. They held Brees Hall in check. Brees Hall didn't have a monster run against them like he normally does. Like Garrett Wilson, I was okay. But I thought well I thought Garrett, Garrett Wilson was, was better than okay. I thought I thought Garrett was great, but for some reason they wouldn't go to him. It, no, they didn't go to Jody. Him. I, well, they went to him a lot, but my my whole point is the Eagles were not traveling Bradbury with Garrett Wilson. So they could have lined him up 100% of the time if they wanted to, 
um, against Josh Job and or Eli Ricks. Right. I would have lined him up a hundred percent of the time against uh, Josh Job and Eli Ricks. That's not an insult to those guys. It's just a really and if the Eagles aren't going to adjust, and I imagine if it went to that degree, they would have ultimately adjusted. But nonetheless, I think that gives more credit to Zach Wilson. Yeah, I'm still not a Nathaniel Hackett fan. And if he was helping out, they're probably a little bit better than if they're letting the offensive coordinator help out. But I digress. That's the Jets. The, the You know, the Jets won the game on the defensive side of the ball in creating turnovers. And now if you look at them, other than the last one, None of them were on Jalen Hurts. The 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 first one was Dallas Goddard. Whether you want to call that a drop, punch out, whatever, he's got to secure that football. It pops up. Quinn and Williams gets it. Um, the other interception was Jermaine Johnson beating Jack Driscoll, getting the arm of Jalen Hurts. It just pops up, and then DeAndre Swift puts the ball on the ground. So. I think you look at the back box score and people say, well, Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions. Big one at the end of the game, that's all on Jalen Hurts, but not as bad as it looks on paper. I agree. Um, you know, two two of those interceptions definitely weren't Jalen Hurts. In fact, of the seven interceptions this year, three definitely aren't on him. And I could say maybe a fourth or a fifth aren't on him. There's the box score. My issue is, why do bad things seem to happen to this football team turning the ball over when they are the Dallas Goddard? Um, you know, Hertz was looking for Dallas Goddard on the – was it a third and eight or third and nine, John, where he threw the last pick? You third remember? and nine, I believe. Third, third and nine. Like, I thought Hertz could have oh, yeah, ran third there. Third and nine. Oh, definitely. Yeah, but they, nine. but they try to force feed Dallas, which isn't a bad thing, but – I didn't see well, that. I'm not going to blame that one on that. I mean, he th- that that you know, Jody and I were talking about it, so I'll throw it out to you. I'm saying, look, you're coming out of the two minute warning. The Jets are out of timeouts. It's third and nine. I'm running the football. I'm ta- I'm draining 45 seconds off that clock and forcing Zach Wilson to go the entire field to get a field goal in just over a minute. That's how it would have shaken out if you run the football. Um, they didn't. They decided to be aggressive. I put, we'll use 100%. I put 90 on Nick Sirianni. He's the game manager. I put 7% on Jalen Hurts for an awful decision, throwing in the double coverage. And I'll put 3% on Brian Johnson for calling the play. What? Give me your 100% with those three players on it. And, and by the way, Dallas Goddard, 0%. I yeah. mean, he's not open. Yeah, yeah, you, I'm not can't. blaming Dallas Goddard for that. It's yeah. just I, I don't understand what Jalen was thinking, honestly, because I just didn't see yeah. him open. As a, as a matter of fact, I thought Jalen was going to run the ball. So I'm going to give him – I'll give him 20% of the blame. Ooh. I'll I'll give Nick 75 and I'll give – Yeah, you you two are giving Brian Johnson a bigger pass than I am. He's the guy who eventually called the play in. So he should have been forceful. I know he's just a, a sixth game coordinator, but uh, he's got to stand up and go, Nick, we need to run the ball. We need to take 50 seconds off the clock here. Come on. 
Uh, Let's get Jalen on a uh, quarterback draw and see if he can get the first down for us and end the game. And there's my issue. What running back can get them a couple yards of fumbling? I don't think they trust DeAndre Swift to do it. And they say they trust Kendall, but do they really? Well, like I said, I would have called a quarterback draw. I would have left the ball. Yeah, in I, I, I and know, but it, you can't run Jalen Hurts all day long. I, I agree with you. Jimmy. It's not all day long. It's the last play of the game. Man. Yeah, you got to uh, go uh, win the game. Yeah, I have no I'm problem. not worried about how many carries he had before, how many carries he's going to have afterwards. I'm just going to make him run the football. All right, John, we're having trouble with the connection with uh, Jeff there. So uh, we'll get him to answer this question if we can get him back up. But I'll ask you first. And this is away from yesterday's game. It's tough to do after you lose a game you're not supposed to lose to to get away from it, but this is an overall legal philosophy question. The Eagles took a couple of victory laps last year, and yes, Howie, to his credit, after the year said there was a little luck involved because the Eagles do look at luck as a four-letter word. They don't like you ever mentioning it or bringing it up in question. There's no luck in the National Football League. There's no crying. There's no luck. How he said, we might not be able to be as healthy as we were last year. But they have at times, mostly through the coach's mouthpiece, uh, of saying that their overall practice ethic and workload is designated for keeping their players healthy. And they took a victory lap about it, that they were that healthy last year because they don't go full out practice. They don't hit. They don't worry about they give more downtime than other teams in the National Football League. Well acknowledged that it's collectively bargained, so it's not like they can run the Buddy Ryan-type practices. That doesn't exist in the National Football League. But the Eagles, as compared to the other 31 teams in the National Football League, practice as little or maybe less than everybody else. How many injuries did you run off earlier, John? Into the game, coming out of the well, game? Well, they were down eight starters. Eight starters out of 22. How does something like that happen when the <laughs> Eagles have said less is more? That less practice means more healthy players. Not when you lose an eight out of 22 starters. Can we put to rest the less practice, less putting the players at risk guarantees the fact that they're going to be more healthy than other teams? Jeff? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I just think the injury bug is turned the corner. Look, I've been – I just criticized the San Francisco 49ers for overusing Christian McCaffrey through six games, and now he's got a ribbon and an oblique injury. So, I, I mean, I I honestly don't have a good enough answer for you, Jody. The, the, I just think guys are getting hurt. Not mine. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they is, got a lot of guys on this to itself. Hey, guys get hurt. You don't. Yeah. You 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 can't by can't practicing more practice less control. Injuries happen. There's nothing you can do no. about it. But the the to use a word John used earlier, hubris of the Eagles to think that they can dictate how hurt they are or aren't going to be by how hard or how much time they put in practice is the thing that bothers me. Also, Jody, I talked to. Yeah. Several players yesterday, more than five. None of them blame turf, by the way. None really? of them blame that place. Well, either. everybody None. blames, yeah. I had so many fans, and most of those injuries you could tell they were not turf related. Um, certainly Reed Blankenship getting 
cracked on a blindside block. Has Which, nothing by the way, do with... can I, I, I apologize. Can I interrupt? Yeah. Um, now, you guys both are reporters, and I expect you to be honest and, and put rooting interest aside and whatever else. And I am absolutely telling you. I don't root for anybody. <laughs> yeah. That you only root for lot. yourself, John. No, I don't. I, I know. I, I, but let, let's be honest. The play that Reed Blankenship got hurt on, they threw a flag on a Jet player for a uh, blindside block. Blindside? He caught him in the middle of the chest. I he said is. this too, Joe. It's a yeah, weird injury. Back. It, it wasn't is. a side injury. It wasn't a back injury. No. How the hell was that a penalty? You're not allowed to peel back. It is a penalty. Yeah, peel back. That's what it, that's yeah. what it is. It's, yeah, I, it, when it, when it I is. first saw it, I, I didn't think it was a penalty, but then when that replay yeah. about two or define, three times, I'm like, please define peel back. So the, I, the listeners and You're I not allowed understand. to come back uh, from the other side. So in other words, if he's coming back from, say, the 15 to the 20, he's not allowed to do that anymore. Now, I know from, from your perspective, Jody, and from my perspective, We've been watching this game for so long. It didn't used to be a penalty. It is now the over legislation of the game. So they made the right call. I'm just bringing up that had nothing to do with the turf and, and Reed got hurt in, in the old days. That would have been a great block. And you would have said, wow, what a block. And they would have put it on, you know, videotapes and, <laughs> you know, championed it, but it is a penalty in the new age of the NFL, and he got so, like, on let's say on that play. Play, And I forget who the Jet uh, guy was who, who made the block. I'd yeah, like some credit for it. Um, because he up. eventually, he at one point got down to the 15 yard line. He now can't come back to now. He can't come back, and no. So no. he's just got to stand at the 15 yard line until no. someone comes defensively, he and then you're the allowed way. to touch him. Yeah, if he can get if that's the way the rules are in the National Football League, they got to rethink the rules. That's wow. that's ludicrous and ridiculous. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, that's the game. That's the modern game. I don't like it either, but that is that is the rule. It, it was a proper call. It wasn't a bad call uh, from the perspective of the official. He made the right call on the play. Um, and I, I'm with you 100%. You know, it's funny. The NFL, not the NFL, but... It was announced that flag footballs uh, getting closer to be an Olympic sport Olympic, or whatever. Yeah. I th I think we're getting there. I think eventually we're going to flag football. Yeah, they do this stuff all the time, Jody. I mean, it's not it's not real football what we consider real football, which is a very violent sport. But yeah, he, that the official made the right call. I I just brought it up because Reed didn't get hurt because of the MetLife turf, and everybody is saying, "Well, you got to get rid of that turf." And don't get me wrong, nobody likes that turf, but I don't think any of the injuries had much to do with the MetLife turf. That so I just bring that up from the standpoint. But in the larger about the Eagles managing injuries, um, I think it has more to do with like. Jason Kelsey's always panged up. I mean, people say, well, Jason Kelsey started 145, whatever, straight games, set the record, set the franchise record. Um, and they assume, well, he's always healthy. No, he's always banged up. They try to get Lane's him through. always banged up, too. Yeah. He's always, he plays through stuff. So, and most NFL players do. And that's what they're trying to do, not prevent injuries. 
They're not, and I use the word hubris. They're not that hubris in how he said it, uh, as I said multiple times, to think they can control ACLs or Achilles or torn pecs. That kind of stuff's going to happen in the NFL. They know that. They're just trying to manage the players who are banged up as best as they can is, is what they're trying to do. Um, and yet last year they got injury luck this year, not as much, but I will say that Lane Johnson injury in moving forward, um, whether it's a game, two games, four games, or God forbid, even worse, although early indications are the x-rays weren't terrible. Um, we'll see what the MRI says. Um, do you just move forward with Jack Driscoll, put your head down, or do you try to get other people involved, Jeff Kerr? They have Tyler Steen. They have – you can even go to a veteran like LaRaven Clark. Uh, what do you do? Fred Johnson. Can Fred Johnson play Fred right? Johnson can play. Um, you know, he's a better left tackle than right tackle, but he could certainly be in the mix as well. Do you, Or do you yeah, just I, say, you know what? Jack's our best option. Well, Jeff froze up. up on us again. Um, I give you my read. Here's how I would handle it. I'm not. This is not me predicting what the Eagles will do, but putting myself in Nick Sirianni's shoes. Jack, it's yours this week. It's your. It's your gig. We have faith in you. We believe in you. We've given you the chance. I think he went out of his way to say last night we've won games when Driscoll has played. Yeah. So I believe they have faith in him you're on a short leash. Uh, you, you had a bad game against the Jets. Uh, you didn't, uh, you can say that that one Hertz interception was absolutely on him, which I do. Driscoll just got flat out beat. Um, yeah, it's his for now, but now can be short lived and it can be as quick as halftime of the next game against Miami. If he's playing poorly, I think he starts next week, but uh, you have to have a safety net and you have to have other options that you can go to if you start next week against Miami the same way you finish this week against the Jets. All right, good. I'm, I'm going to throw this at you. We'll try to get Jeff up here, throw this at both of you. Um, accountability. Uh, that was a big buzzword after the game. Um, opportunity as well from Jalen Hurts. A bunch of Jalen Hurts-isms after the game. Sometimes you need to be, and again, I've been using this word too much, but I thought there was a lot of hubris in that game from the Eagles. Sometimes you need to be punched in the nose to correct yourself. They were a little bit haughty. Um, I think they thought they'd walk in there and beat that team pretty easily. So did I, to be honest. And they didn't. I did. <laughs> um, do you think that can help them? And 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 they say, you know what? We we took this for granted. We can't do that uh, moving forward. Um, anything to that? One of the key words uh, I was reset, and I think that's a good word for them. You know, kind of start fresh again. Okay. And I also heard too, it's better get this bad loss out of the way now than later in the season when the gauntlet happens. But, you know, teams are going to have bad losses in the NFL. I mean, the 49ers had one today. They lost to a team of about – P.J. Walker they lost to. Who had like, that who, who, on their bingo who was elevated Who was elevated from the <laughs> yeah. practice squad this week? So, yeah, yeah it's 
I mean, look, it's going to happen, honestly. But, yeah, I think they are just some accountability. I think now you got to look at this Dolphins game in a whole different light. I think they're going to be hyper-focused this week in practice because they don't want stuff to happen again. Uh, but it did seem like they, they thought like you, me, and – I mean, yeah, you, me, and Jody. You know, they – they thought that they were going to beat this team no matter what. And part of me says they would have at the end of football over four times because the Jets sure as heck weren't scoring an offensive touchdown. So, I mean, look, they played absolutely terrible and still almost football, which I think here's, it's actually better they lost. Here's Well, here's uh, thank you for uh, leaving it just that way. You put them on the scale. They get better because they learned a lesson. They can't take teams – they hold themselves more accountable. That's a good thing. They're going to get better off this one as compared to losing a game against the team you were supposed to beat. The season is 17 games. We know the magnitude of each and every single game. We know the level of competition. When you put them on the scale, the loss outweighs the game. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to lose to the Jets. You're sure as hell not supposed to lose to the Jets. Sons, their top four cornerbacks going into the game. Yeah. As as much as they can learn from it, grow from it, and uh, tweak their attitude for that, that, I'm sorry, that can't possibly outweigh losing a game to a team you're supposed to. No, I agree. Can I, can I'm I, saying, I'm saying afterward, is there a silver lining to sure, it? Sure, of course there is. Yeah, but afterward. it doesn't outweigh the loss itself. No, yeah. I put this out there too. We got to give Robert Salas some credit here. He has faced Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. They have a combined three touch passes to eight interceptions, no matter the personnel he has out there. That that's yeah. tons of credit to the Jets defense. There. They have a ton of talent on play. defense, and and they had no, none of their corners. You can imagine when their corners are out there, um, they have a ton of talent uh, on that front seven, and that was the difference because people talked about, well, they stopped Aaron Donald. Well, they could afford to slide protection Aaron Donald on every single play. You can't do that against the Jets and Quentin Williams because somebody else will beat you. Um, John Franklin Myers, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, that dude, and Lane Johnson told me that during the week. He's one of the most underrated players in football, John Franklin Myers. Not a lot of people know who he is. Um, Jermaine Johnson made a big play. Obviously, he's a first-round pick. He's got a ton of talent. The linebackers have been tremendous this year, um, especially Quentin's brother, uh, Quincy. Quincy. CJ Mosley's been around. Everybody knows CJ. He's a he's a very good player. Um, and when you have Sauce Gardner and, and DJ Reed, um, yeah, that's pretty good. That that's pretty good. That's a that's a very good defense. That's why I point out that yeah, they're no longer a Super Bowl contender because the quarterback can't hold his water. But that doesn't make everybody else bad. Right? They still had really good players. On the other side. And oh, by the way, uh, if and Devontae dropped a very catchable pass, about a 20 yard gain that he never dropped. Quincy Williams dropped the most catchable ball all night. He had an interception right in his head. Yeah, they could right have had in six the middle turn. of yeah, right out. Yeah. That, I, I mentioned that. that they could have had six turnovers. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen yeah. dodged a major bullet on that one. Here's the one thing I'll say about Salah. Um, because we hold Nick. Uh, accountable for everything he says and probably overanalyze everything he says. I heard Sal on the postgame show say this uh, afterwards. 
that they ran this gauntlet of quarterback. John just ran down the names or whatever. And he said, and we embarrassed every one of them. Yeah. yeah. He has some more trash Ro- Robert, you're you're yeah, three and game. three here, big yeah. guy. You're you're not six and oh. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys walked into your house and beat you by 30-something? Did you embarrass Dak Prescott? Really? Yeah, Jody, did you just you... say that? Embarrassed each and every Jody, one of you... them? That's what Salah said last night. And I was in the car listening going, whoa, did he really just say that? Yeah. Uh, he probably, did he you probably... hear him after, after he was done? Like, at, he left the mic, but you could hear him. He said, they ain't 12-0 against us anymore. He said it loud oh, enough where, like, people could yeah. hear it. But yeah, I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, they finally beat the uh, Eagles. That's a big, that's a big moment uh, in and Jets' the whole, war. The whole uh, it, we're gonna have to give them eleven kisses thing. Yeah, that's quite not pan out for the Eagle offense. If that was supposed to be a major motivational, uh, raise the level of the game of the offense. Yeah. How dare he say he's gonna kiss? The Eagles didn't want to uh, cheek sneak one. All right, they did they? No, they didn't. They couldn't. Um, they didn't really have it in a, in a situation. At Jeff Kerr, CBS, make sure you follow Jeff on, on Twitter. X, you can uh, read his thoughts on this game. I know he's fired up about the running back room. All right, last excuse explanation, whatever you want to call it. Um, letdown game. Miami, Sunday night football, best offense in football. Eagles just overlook the New York Jets and say, oh, Miami's on the schedule. Anything to that? Well, not, we're frozen up. Yeah, and I'm not sure what question you're asking. I'm saying, did the Eagles overlook the Jets because Miami is next? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think of overlooking a team as a letdown game. A letdown game is more about – uh, your team rather than the opponent. Trap game. Uh, uh, trap, that? trap games, yeah, trap that game. to me is a different yeah. uh, trap uh, way of looking at so it. What, what uh, maybe said. a little bit. And I'll, you know, I said here with you last week, John, if there was a letdown in this game, I thought it was more likely to be the Jets after the go win one for the hack victory in uh, Denver. Win one for the hack. After... Yeah, I bet trap was what I meant to say. Okay. The, the trap game. Was because... a bit of a trap game. Yeah, might might have been. Yeah, because the number one offense in football is coming in the next week. All the hype with that. Um, I I don't necessarily buy it, but just throwing it out there to see what you guys think of the trap aspect. I'd put I'd put some uh, weight on it, but again, and here's the thing about track games, and we're really focusing on the end of the game as well. We should at some point the track aspect of it has to go out the window. When you've got the ball late in the game, the other team has used up all their timeouts, and you can take it down to a little over a minute and make Zach Wilson go to the field. How you felt, how you handled it, how you prepared, how you played the first 55 minutes goes out the friggin' window. Now it's all about the game is sitting there to be taken, to be won, and you screw it up. The fact that it was a game to that point, and maybe it shouldn't have been, I'm sorry, doesn't matter. When you've got it right there for the taking and you don't take it, the track trap aspect goes out the window. Well, we, yeah, we should talk about that specific drive after the break more because it was shaping up as one of those classic eagle drives where they're just going to milk the entire clock and get out of there with 
you know, an ugly win, and then we'd be talking about style points again. Right. I guarantee you. Um, but they were going to win the game, and then it turned. So we should delve into that that drive a little bit deeper because it started with 443. Everything was going swimmingly, and you kind of felt there were people leaving. They, they, they kind of felt it too. Well, I, I looked at my daughter. I said, if they get the first down here, yeah. we might make a quick run out of yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so. we'll do that when we come back. Uh, thanks to Jeff Kerr. Had some technical issues today, but Kerr's always good. Uh, Chris Franklin yet to come in about 25 minutes from now. So more here on Birds 365. Stay right there. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soga now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, our first post-Eagle loss show of the year for the 42nd time today. Didn't see that coming, uh, but it <laughs> did as they lose to the Jets last night. Uh, we thank Jeff Carr, who opted on with us right before we went to break, talking about uh, the last, well, what turned out to be the next last drive of the game. Hoping it was the last drive from an Eagle perspective. Got the ball back with four minutes and change to go. Um <sighs> 
the key part of the offense became throwing the ball to DeAndre Swift. I uh, know he, we've been waiting for this all year, said he was going to be a, a guy who was going to add another aspect to the Eagle offense. They did not this drive, threw it to him twice. He had one really good run. They make the big play to Goddard on third down. Yeah, that's Ooh. when I thought the game was over. That was classic Eagles. Third and seven, 232 left. So that's it for the Jets, right? And bang, you get 11 yards to Dallas Goddard. First down, move the chains. Um, yeah, 224 left at that point. You thought, uh, all right, you know. Again, we're going to be arguing about style points, I thought. Uh, and the Eagles would get out with the win, and then everything went in a negative direction. Yeah, they got the ball with 443 left, and it was that I, – I didn't think the Jets were going to get the ball back at that point, and I thought they were just going to drain the clock. Um, because, uh, you know, Seth on the postgame show, as he typically does, and we love Seth, uh, but, you know, he loves the running game, loves the old school football. And, you know, they could not run the ball at all, basically, in the entire game. And they started out with, as you mentioned, a, a, a short pass to DeAndre Swift for two yards. But then he had a run up the middle for nine yards. That was the first first down on the drive. And that was his only run of the day. He had 10 carries, I think, for, for 19 yards. So, or might have been 18. So it might have been half. That means the other nine were for eight or nine yards. Um, did nothing the entire game. They finally get a run in a big situation. Um, yeah, everything was going swimmingly. And they hit the two-minute morning. And, you know, I thought it was a bad decision, as we said, from the head coach. And maybe I should give a little bit more. I'm still not going Brian Johnson. Maybe I should go a little bit more to Jalen Hurts when we're talking about that 100%. Because, again, bottom line, it doesn't matter if the if the coach makes a bad decision or the play caller makes a bad decision. That doesn't mean you have to make a bad decision. And worst case, you throw an incompletion, and, yeah, you don't get to take that 40 seconds off the clock but you can still punt the football and force Zach Wilson to beat you. Um, so maybe I should, on second thought, put a little bit more on Jalen Hurts' plate because that was a a terrible decision from the quarterback. All right, and I said this when Jeff was on us earlier. Worst-case scenario, take off and run. If it's not there, he tried to force the ball to Goddard. It was in double coverage. He's throwing it off his back foot. He's going backwards to throw the football. No, pull it down, take off. Clock runs. Just keep that clock moving and make Zach Wilson go the length of the field. Yeah, Jalen screwed up. But again, they, they ran the ball on first and second down, got a grand total of one yard. Now the Jets knew it was coming, and the Jets' defense is pretty good. They can stack it. And, yeah, they stopped the Eagles at the point of attack. But risk-reward, you can't take the chance and throw the football there. I'm sorry. That's uh, – we, we can't. No, and, 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 again, that's the worst case should be incomplete pass. Worst case. Uh, obviously, the worst case we saw is an interception going the other way. Um, but if you're the quarterback – even if you throw an incompletion, all right, again, you don't get to to 
to drain 45 or whatever seconds off the clock, but they're still whatever, a minute 50, then you punt maybe a minute 45, uh, and Zach Wilson still got to go 50, 60 yards uh, with with no timeouts. So um, probably would have worked out, yeah, disappointing to say the least. Uh, but, you know, maybe a wake-up call. J-Mac, uh, this was a question as I'm watching the game. I'm thinking, ooh, this will be something we can talk about tomorrow and something Sirianni and uh, Desai are going to have to answer questions on. But it became a completely irrelevant topic because of the way the game went and the Eagles lost. They actually went to rotating linebackers. Yeah, how about that? Got that leading up to the week. Didn't open the Kobe was going to play. Opened the practice window. The whole does Morrow get to stay as the starting linebacker because he's been that good conversation. And I did say, would the Eagles go to rotating linebackers? Because last year they did no rotating. It was the two guys, uh, White and Edwards, out there. Every single play, low linebacker substitutions. To their credit, they both stayed healthy. Um, but that was just the way they ran their linebackers. But that was Gannon last year. And this is the side. And maybe he'll do it differently. And he did. He rotated all three of them, which came as a surprise to me. They were all fine. None of them made a massive play. None of them made a massive mistake. Do you think that continues, that he rotates the three linebackers? Yeah, man, they were playing everybody. They were not only rotating linebackers, they were rotating Job and Eli Ricks uh, at, at the corner opposite James Bradbury. Now, some of the safety issues obviously dealt with Reed getting hurt. You had Makai Gardner. Uh, I see you're all choked up with uh, Sean Desai's uh, ability. But even Makai Gardner, um, you know, was elevated. And he made his NFL debut at safety. They had so many moving parts. I asked Nicobe about that in the, the after the game. I don't think it's going to be long-term, but... I think it was more of a reward and said, you know what? Nicholas Morris played really well. Let's not just, and he started by the way, Nicholas Morris, they had one linebacker on the field to start. They were playing a lot of 50 fronts to, to try to limit the jets running game. Cause they were more concerned with that. And by the way, they played well, they did limit Brees Hall for the most part. Uh, I thought Jordan Davis played really well. Got to rewatch the game. Obviously, I didn't have a chance to. You don't play well um, last night? Milton Williams. Milton. Mil- I thought, you know, you know, Fletcher was back. He had a, he had a couple big plays. Hassan Reddick had a huge game. Um, Josh Sweat showed up. I think the front, as t- typically does, even without Jalen Carter, I thought they played very well. Um, and I think that's been the story because – there's some issues on the back back end, especially up the middle in pass coverage. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised that they rotated the linebackers. I thought it would be Nicobe. Now he did say they had him on a pitch count um, because he'd been out. Maybe it had to do with that. Um, I think it had to do with a little bit of both. They're trying to reward Nick Morrow for playing well and a pitch count. Ultimately, I do think we get back to Nicobe Dean as the Mike linebacker, and then it becomes, you know, Zach Cunningham versus Nick Morrow. And I think they like Zach Cunningham as well. So they're better at linebacker than we thought. And that's that's a that's a positive. 
small. I know no one cares about it today, but that's that's a slight positive. From a lineup perspective, and we'll go back to that hubris word again. Um, maybe there was a little hubris involved. I was surprised when Lane Johnson went down that they didn't go to more two tight ends. You know, you've got your superstar, Hall of Fame, right tackle, not in the game, as much as you may like Driscoll. You know there's a drop-off. You should be attempting to run the football at least some. They use very little 12 personnel. And I would have gotten an extra tight end in there to block more than they did. Uh, again, it might go back to the, really, the Jets are going to try and cover us with these cornerbacks who know his yeah. name or pick out of a lineup? Well, Nick admitted, you know, maybe that hurt, you know, as counterintuitive as it was. When the news came out that, that Sauce Gardner wasn't going to play, and Nick said, yeah, it changed a little bit, um, his game plan. He admitted uh, after the game um, that when they saw that, they were like, oof, we can take advantage of this. And I think, yeah, I think they said, we're going we're gonna to be able to do this at will. And they didn't ship maybe during the game as they should have, especially when Lane Johnson left. And they were, yeah, I mean, and on paper, they should. They should have killed the Jets in backup corners. Uh, and A.J. did. And Devontae had an opportunity to, you know, the two big drops. Think about Devontae Smith with two drops. I, I would have laughed at you if you said that. Um, there were some weird things going on. Um, Jake Elliott, as we mentioned, 37-yard field goal. And by the way, I looked at the replay. Again, I haven't rewatched the game, but I did pay attention to the operation. Looked like a good snap, good hold. He just missed it. Um, Devontae never drops passes. Dallas got her occasionally. All right. He, he drops a pass here and there. Uh, Devontae? That, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Jalen Hurts, tremendous ball security. That typically doesn't happen. Good decision-making makes a terrible decision. Sometimes there's things you can't explain, Jody. There really is. And because the Eagles lost the game and because we're questioning the play calling and the coaching and this and that and the other thing, A.J. Brown is just a beast. Oh, I, I, I know they're the Eagles' third string, uh, excuse me, the Jets' third string cornerback, so it wasn't like he was doing this against Sauce Gardner, but he's just basically unstoppable. The Jalen just puts the ball up there, and he goes and gets it, and then he runs after catches. And If there's a better wide receiver, a guy who's playing wide receiver right now in the National Football League, who's doing it better than A.J. Brown. I'd really like to know who he is because I don't think he exists. Maybe Tyreek, but uh, he got hurt yesterday, didn't he? Uh, yeah. That that could be a big break uh, for the Eagles. But he I came don't back and played afterwards. Oh, he, he wasn't he one did. of those type of he, – he, right. he went out during the game, but he did come back in afterwards. Well, he's playing great. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's a very short list, and obviously Jefferson's hurt. He's not uh, – I, I, you know, I would say Tyreek, and that's the list. 
I, um, I I remember here, and I'll take a hit for this. Um, and I took grief from our friends on the stream and on WIP as well. Uh, the day they acquired AJ Brown, I ranked all the wide receivers in the National Football League, and I said, I've got him at number eleven, which means he's just outside the top ten. It wasn't like I had him nineteenth; I had him eleven. So I had yeah, a that's real still pretty stinking good. But it is. But I said he's not quite a top 10 wide receiver. And that's all anybody heard. What do you mean he's not a top 10 wide receiver? Man, has he been a top 10 wide receiver since he Well, yeah, but I and I said the same wide thing. Receiver. It's a top one wide receiver. I I actually said the same thing when we did that. I said probably just outside the top 10. Remember, he was in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. There was no evidence. And remember, and 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 you know, there are Tyreek Tyreek Hill exists, and he existed then. Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase, on and on. There's a lot of good receivers. Stephon Diggs is is somebody who should be mentioned. There's a lot of good receivers in the NFL. AJ belongs in the conversation with all of them. Um but, you know, if push games to shove and you say, all right, who's better, Hill or uh, A.J., I'm going to take Tyreek. Justin or A.J., I'm going to take Justin. Um, and then, but he keeps climbing the list. I'm not, I, I, I would say before they acquired him, I would have said Chase. I don't necessarily ch- say Chase now. Uh, Devontae Adams, yeah, probably, but he's on a bad team, bad situation. Um, so who cares? Same thing with Jefferson. Is Jefferson better when he's healthy? Yeah, probably, but who cares? He's on a bad team, bad situation. You know, AJ's great. Uh, the, the leave it at that uh, as far as where he is. And and nobody's uh, playing better. He's had four games of over 125 yards. That's happened once in the Eagles history before. And you got to go back to Harold Jackson, who Jody – probably remembers but okay. not many other fans will remember it's been a while so he's he's playing at a very very high level and you made a good point in that when i was putting uh, my list away i'm doing it based on their comps what they've shown or whatever i probably didn't cut him enough slack because it was ryan Tannehill. because you have to take that into consideration yeah who's throwing you the ball what kind of offense you're in are you going to be asked to put up those numbers Derrick Henry is their number one weapon there, so he's not going to be getting the lion's share. Probably underestimated his talent level because... Yeah, well, I say the same thing with Terry McLaurin now. I mean, for years, I think Terry's, like, really good. If he were on a different team in a different situation with a high-volume thrower, yeah, certainly that was part of the issue with A.J. in Tennessee. But he's, he's yeah, he's great. And speaking of Terry McLaurin, quick note that we got to get the break, uh, Chris... Franklin's going to join us. I agree with Peter King on this one. Terry McLaurin's former quarterback should be starting in the National Football League tomorrow, uh, next week. Uh, Desmond Ritter, uh, no. Uh, the the Falcons gave him a shot. He had a chance. That's a game they got to win if they think they can be a playoff team. Yesterday they didn't. Ritter stunk. I think you're going to get Taylor Heineke starting for the Falcons next week. Yeah, Desmond, Desmond Ritter, oof, I'm not a fan. Um, <sighs> so, Shant, you know, you got to be patient, though, with young quarterbacks because they're going to have some ups and downs. 
Uh, look at what's going on in Carolina. Um, yeah, but they yeah. invest. They invested the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, you're, the, you're the, gonna have more patience with him than Desmond Ritter, who you took in the third round, got starts as a rookie, and you hand him the job at the start of year number two. You you don't think Desmond? Ritter no, I'm not. I'm I'm not. I'm not a fan of of Desmond Ritter, but that's where they've gone. Um, and I've criticized that team for not building the right way. All they do is pick skill position people and everyone says, well, they got B. John Robinson. They got Drake London. They got Kyle Pitts, blah, 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 blah. Well, you need somebody to get those guys to football. You need some, some guys to block for those guys. So the guy can get them the football. I don't think they built the team the right way. And that certainly starts with the quarterback, but that's all they have. If you're asking me, Am I going to stick with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke? I know what Taylor Heineke is. And maybe he's better than Desmond Ritter on a particular Sunday. Let us not forget, Taylor Heineke took the Washington Commanders to the playoffs. But that's not the goal. That's where it, 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 it shouldn't be the goal. And it, it, should, if they, it, John, it should be the goal right now. If and you're if they, sitting here in the season week six, you're in a division that there is no monster squad yeah, that should be the goal. Long term, it's not, of course. You're right. But in the moment, right here, right now, the goal is to win football games. And well, get yeah, and I, I always playoffs. say, I always say the toughest thing in the NFL for executives, for personnel people, is to be honest with themselves. So they have to be honest with themselves. Do they think Desmond Ritter still has an upside to be an NFL starting quarterback? If the answer is yes, you stick with them. If the answer is no, you don't. Right. But so I mean, I'm asking the, John McMullen, and we know we're not as well informed as those guys who are making those decisions are. They're around the team every single day. They're around every single practice. They know the players. We're judging from afar. You believe Desmond Ritter is going to be able to be a, uh, a franchise no. quarterback initially? No. Well, then, but do it, I think he has a higher upside than Taylor Heineke? Yes. So I, I probably stick with him, but I'm looking for a quarterback in the offseason. Oh, yeah. And by the way, even if you're wrong, even if I'm wrong, I get a higher draft pick, and maybe I start drafting correctly, drafting offensive, defensive linemen, um, and 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 you know, you try to find a quarterback, whether it's you know a short-term stopgap or um, you know you try to get in the top ten and and get a quarterback that way. Um, yeah, they've made. I mean. They have a crappy foundational plan. I've talked about that team for years, and I don't like it. And all they do is pick skill position, which excites the fans and nothing else. So I'm sure everybody in Atlanta is thrilled until they watch the product on the field. And then they go, why can't we win games? We have all the skill position talent. Well, you, you need the foundation. you got to build a team. I agree with you there. The one place you and I disagree is, when you're three and three and the Bucks are in first place at three and two and the Saints are three and three and you got the Panthers in your rear view mirror at 0 and six, you got to be in the moment. You got to think what's best in 2023. And if you can't honestly look yourself in the mirror and go, Taylor Heineke gives us a better chance to win next week than Desmond Ritter, then you don't deserve to have the job. It's not the long term picture, it's a short term picture. And you got to be in the moment that a short term picture when you're six games in, you're a half a game out of first place. That that's that's how I would look at it if I were the Atlanta general manager. All right, quickie timeout. I see Chris Franklin. He's ready to join us. More 
what the heck happened in MetLife Stadium yesterday <laughs> talk with Chris Franklin next here on Birds 365. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. We are Birds 365 Mac and Mac guys, and we uh, are joined by one of our favorites who's indoors again today. Sometimes indoors, sometimes chilly out, out man. You can't go it's out. Cold. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> Got the long sleeve shirt on. Uh, always good when we catch up with Chris Franklin. Uh, we got tons of stuff to talk to you about with, but I want to start here. What's your biggest concern after the Eagle loss yesterday? That offensive line really scares me now on that right side. Because now you have two backups on there. And to me, when you're on that side and for a quarterback and you're looking and you see that pressure coming from that area, it speeds up your clock. And the way that Opetta played solid, I thought. But the way Driscoll, the amount of pressures Driscoll gave up when he came in for Lane Johnson, if Lane Johnson's out, 
I have serious questions about how far this team can go in the playoffs. I really do. I am. It's amazing you know. how how important Lane Johnson is to this team. It is amazing. Yeah. Typically, you say, look, even a, a great right tackle, um, you say, that's a big loss if you lose them. The Eagles can't win. <laughs> it's been that way for years. They don't win when Lane's not on the field. It's bizarre to that degree when you can say, obviously, quarterback comes one. But you can make a strong argument that the most important player on this team after Jalen Hurts, you can make a strong argument it's Lane Johnson. And it's proven over time because he's missed enough time where you say, oh, this team stinks when he's not on the field, or at least not the same. I may be overstating. No, I think when you look at it, it's almost like automatic. It's, it's to a point. It's gotten to a point now where you look at like, well, we know there's not going to be that much pressure coming off the lane side. It's gotten automatic now, and for what they like to do, attacking those edges on the run game and trying to use that outside screen game, he's been a central part of that. If he's not there, it's rough. You, you have almost to change your play calling a little bit because you you pretty much have to go to the left side because you know you got you got Mylotta and Dickerson are your more reliable side. Is your more reliable side now? It's, it's, yeah. It changes every lot. Yeah. I, Dan and I have been going back and forth on this since the show started today. One play. And I know no individual game comes down to one play. That's ridiculous. But this one, one play can be more important <laughs> than any other play. Third and nine, under two minutes to go. They decide to pass the ball. Whether the pass was smart, whether the route was right, whether Jalen made a mistake all factors into it, but they decided to pass the ball. And John and I just shake our head and go, you have to run the ball there. You can't give me the, we were aggressively trying to win the game. I'm a cocky SOB as a head coach. That's the way of coaches. I became the head coach of the Eagles. That defense doesn't work. It's just a bad football decision. Is it not Chris Franklin? Yeah, it is. And I still, I think you, I think that it's one of the, a few times, I think, in the season where you look, you look at your defense and say, you know, I got confidence they can stop them here. And to me, it looked like it was a, I don't know if we can really stop, truly stop Zach Wilson, which is kind of a big eye-opening thing in the middle. Maybe it's more, I don't, I don't know if we can stop Garrett Wilson, I think. But, yeah, you have to run the ball in that situation. Even so much to just give them, limit the amount of time they have to try to mount the combat. Yeah. You yeah. have to run the ball in that. And I'd still, for the life of me, I know you're trying to – it's almost like you're out, out thinking yourself, trying to think, okay, well, they think I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do this. Can't do that. You got to rely on what does well. You you relied on DeAndre Swift so much this year. And even if they were averaging less than four yards of carry last year, you have to give him the fact, give the fact that, you know what, I trust that he's going to pick up or make it a significant dent in there, run the timeout, trust your defense, who, who was playing very well for most of the, most of the day yesterday. And then walk By the out way, there Brayden Man was punting well. He was getting his revenge on the New York Jets. So <laughs> probably pins him back as well. Or in worst case scenario, it's a touchback. Zach Wilson, no timeouts with about a minute five, minute ten. With that pass rush going as well as it did too. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so we've been going through this. We asked Jeff Kerr, Jody and I gave it. So you got three decision makers there, right? You got Nick Sirianni, the game manager. You got Brian Johnson, the play caller. 
and you got Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, who even though the coach has made a bad decision, that doesn't mean you have to throw an interception. So I'm giving you the 100%. Dole out the blame, Chris Franklin, percentage-wise. Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts on the play that essentially lost the Eagles the game. I think Nick's on a headset. I'm putting 50 on Nick because he's on a headset and he's overhearing this because he has a chance to interject and stop that from happening. I put 40 on the decision on the type of – well, actually, you know what? Nah, I'll take it back because I was thinking – yeah, you know, because he shouldn't have put Hurts in that position to even throw the ball anyway. So, yeah, 50% Sirianni, 40% Brian Johnson on the play call selection, and then 10 for Hurts when it comes to actually doing it. Because I think that could have all been prevented if you just said, you know what, let's check down and run the ball. And then yeah. you, we're not even talking about – I don't think we're even talking about but that. I, right I want 90 Nick Sirianni because he, he's the game manager, Chris. He's the one who gave up play calling for this situation. And he's got he's coming out of the two minute warning. He can discuss it with everybody. This is and why the, he did it. So I'm I went I I almost went a hundred percent Nick Sirianni, but I only went ninety because my thought process is Brian's the least culpable in my mind. And and then the quarterback, even though Nick makes a bad decision, that doesn't mean you have to throw the ball in the double coverage, Jalen Hurts. You can take a sack. Even if he takes a sack, they can punt the football, and you're still forcing Zach Wilson to beat you. So I went about nine. What did I say, Jody? Ninety percent Nick, seven percent Jalen Hurts, three percent Brian Johnson. Yeah. And That's I'm, how I'm, I'm a lot closer to what Chris is. Sirianni, number one. Never read lately. It's his team. He's the guy. He's got to be number one. I'd go about 40% Sirianni, 35% Jalen, because the play comes in. You don't have to throw him the double coverage. Pull the ball down, take off, and run with it. About 25% to Brian Johnson, because he's the guy who eventually called the play. I don't think Nick called the play in. Nick may have influenced his thought process leading into it during the timeout. They had the entire two-minute warning to talk about it, and that's what they came up with. I think it's close to equally shared. Sirianni most hurt second, uh, the offensive coordinator third, but I think it's pretty damn close. But shame on all of them is my estimate. And it gets even worse because we, we hear so much about the situational, how, how much they practice situational ball. Situational masters, like that. Chris. Situational and, masters. And to be in that situation, it's, it's it's almost like we're talking about. I hate to use the uh, baseball terms with the NLCS with the Braves not using the uh, laying off and trying to use a simulated game. You can do all that simulated stuff on the side and try to take put yourself in those situations. But when you're in the live in the moment and you're coming up with stuff like that, for what? It, it's, it's just uh, it, for life. I still don't know why. I'm still seeing that play. I'm like, why didn't you run the ball? <laughs> All right, the Eagles only scored 14 points yesterday. Not good. Jets defense, even missing the guys they were missing, is good, was good. Was the problem the lack of the threat of Quez Watkins going deep? I apologize. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, 
I mean, nah, I think you still have enough spacing. You, you, there was still enough spacing there. I thought there's a couple more shots they could have taken deep. I, I don't know why. It seemed like they forgot about the game plan. In the fir- in, in, in the fir- I really want to see the all 22 because A.J. Brown was really humming, especially deep. He got yeah. inside position yeah. on so many yeah. on, on those defensive backs, and they didn't just they decided to go, okay, let's look a different way. Devontae didn't have his best game. That's probably the worst game I saw Devontae. Maybe, maybe Devontae, I didn't think of that. Maybe Devontae, was, that was his ode to Quez Watkins not playing. He decided mm-hmm. to drop a couple couple footballs. That was tremendously unfair. When did we see Devontae Smith drop two passes in a game? That yeah, and, and after he made that catch that wasn't a catch, after that one-handed, you're just like, oh, wow, he's really feeling himself. today. Like, he made that one-handed catch on the sideline. He landed out there. I was like, oh, he's feeling himself. I think personally, I think the, I think the new slot receiver is not on the team just yet. And oh, by the way, we were debating the what was the trade that game, the interception. How about the last play of the game? Fourth and nine, and the no, only thing you could do is now throw that up was... a forty-yard prayer into double coverage. But I gotta watch the way dropping ball on the night. What the hell was Jalen thinking about? I I haven't seen the full tape on that one either, but. There had to be another better option to try and force the ball in than throw it into double coverage 45 yards down the field. If my memory serves me correctly when I play, I was looking because it's looking downfield. I think AJ had one on one on the side. It was it was gonna be a tough pass going around there, but I'd rather go one on one and then try to have the safety run from the middle field to the other side to the left side of the field than throwing with all that coverage around in the middle for Devontae, because then you still have to run up and try nah, that that was just a that was that whole sequence. It, the last, not even that one, the last three, four drives, you know, I think they finished like seven, the last seven drives, they didn't score a point. Those last three drives were really a lot of questions on them. Yeah, that, I, I have to watch it again like you, Chris. We haven't had the opportunity, but I do remember the replay, and I'm like, what the hell? That was the play call. I was like, what is this? And they're, they're running guys down. I saw a crossing route that was going nowhere. I didn't see AJ. Um, maybe maybe you- that was the decision to to go with the football there but i thought that was poorly designed for a gotta have it situation i thought that was yeah. really poorly designed and then the and then some of the play calling like just that the first few play calling like it's they went short and everything else is like it left a lot to be desired <laughs> left a lot to be desired for the most part all right, yeah. the Eagles didn't run the ball well last night. And I know that I'm, John and I are both beating the drum on you got to run that ball on third down and just give the Jets uh, the long field to go. Can we blame the lack of Lane Johnson on that too? Uh, we know how Lane great is, is at pass protection. Uh, the opposition hasn't had a sack in years <laughs> against him. Um, but is the subtraction of him the reason why the Eagles didn't run it worth the darn at all last night as well? I think it's a little bit. I think I factor in, but not. I think it's as big of a factor because I think, especially if you have a new lineman coming in, you want. I rather him running the ball, especially to get into the flow of things and be more aggressive. I look at the way that the second uh, like the Jet the Jets jumped their gaps extremely well. I thought they in the overall talent on that defensive line, it truly showed, and. They were they were doing some things. They were slanting. They're slanting on the line. They were trying to predict a little bit as well too, like which way they were going. And I thought that when it, it, it just seemed like, it, and I this is just me looking from the outside looking in. It just seemed like things really changed, even though it was a passing play when Swift fumbled that ball. It just seemed to take the, like it's like they went to more a little bit more Gainwell. They tried to do a couple other things on that too. It was like 
it just, it just it just seemed to change a little bit more. And I think they really wanted to try to throw the ball more, and Sauce Gardner wasn't down in there more than that. Yeah. Focusing more well, on the kind of admitted that, and that yeah. understandable. Like I killed Nick for that two minute end of game situation, so I'm going to defend him here a little bit, um, and Brian Johnson as well, because. I got a lot of that on our post-game show. Why didn't they run the football? Why didn't they run the football? Well, they called 11 runs on first down, got a total of 27 yards. That's most the problem that, right there. Yeah, most of that was the quarterback, too. The running backs were even worse. Uh, they had six. Six of those carries were for one yard or less. I mean, when you're getting nothing uh, – and they have no corners, by the way. They have no, no – why wouldn't you throw the football? I'm going to defend Nick and that type of – and Brian Johnson. They couldn't run the ball. So what, are you going to bang your head against the wall? I, cool. I don't get this whole, all right, it's third and nine, <laughs> you know. And, 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 you know, third and nine at the end of the game, yeah, run it and punt the ball. Third and nine in the middle of the game when you have A.J. Brown dominating – uh, you know, DeAndre Swift had a bad game. Simple as that. See, I also look at it. I think that's a problem. You mentioned the first downs. I think that's a problem as well, too. It's almost like, you know, on first down, especially in the high, like the red zone area, you know, it's pretty much going to be a run. They, they need, I think you just need to mix up and ch- with some tendencies that are going to happen. Yeah. Because you, a lot of times, like first down, even with know, the. Uh, maybe throw it on when they think you're going to obviously run it. And yeah, play play action. It. Yeah, a little bit more play action early on. I think that's easily. Let, let, let me go back to this because John's putting it in a nice context and perspective. Let me try and tighten down on it. And I know none of the three of us have watched the replay yet, and or all twenty-two or anything else. Did Kenny Gainwell have a bad game? Did DeAndre Swift have a bad game, or was it more the Eagles' offensive line didn't open up any holes? I, I think just DeAndre watching it from afar. Let me quickly get this in, John. I, uh, yeah, people don't know. At uh, MetLife Stadium, I've got unique seats. I sit basically between the goalposts. Uh, second level, between the goalposts. I chose those seats. I've been a season ticket holder in Shea Stadium. Our family has been. Because I wanted to have that different perspective. Because you watch every game on TV, it's from the 50-yard line. So it's different. That's what they use as film work is to tape it between uh, the goalposts. So I get to see that. There weren't holes here last night. Uh, we, we talked about DeAndre Swift and the unbelievable game against Minnesota. You could have driven a Mack truck through that hole. And there were a whole bunch of those that those were exactly the play. Chris Franklin goes for 12 yards on some of those holes that the Eagles have. Jody McDonald goes for six yards on some of those plays. <laughs> Yeah, DeAndre Swift goes for 25. But I didn't see any of those holes last night. They just weren't there. I I, got to put this as much on the offensive line as the actual legal running backs. How about you guys? See, I put it more. I I still think there's some some cutback lanes, I think, that are available. When I remember looking at that one, I thought there was some cutback lanes that are there for for the taking. But those holes holes weren't there open for very long. I will say that. Compared to some of the other sides, like there are times where you see the lane, you're like, okay, you can see him running through, like you mentioned. But they collapsed very quickly, I think, just because of the Jets' defense, how good they are. That's Especially there for yeah, really, really good. Linebackers and the Eagles, yeah. not they, they, linebackers. They, 
Yeah. Jets have a, a pair of the two best linebackers on the same team in the National Football League. San Francisco and the Jets have the two best linebacker pairs. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, DeAndre Swift has had a great start to the season. Um, he had that nine-yard run uh, on the interception drive at the end of the game. And he finished 10 for 18. That means the nine other carries, he got nine yards. If you're a great running back, you might be stymied, but that nine is for 27 yards or 20, and you hit contact. That No, he had a bad game. He had a bad game. I don't know if Kenny played enough to have a bad game uh, or Boston played enough to have a bad game. The running game as a whole, DeAndre's the guy. He had a bad game, you know. And, and the fumble on top of it, um, if you're going to give him credit for those holes against Minnesota, you gotta you got to ding him for not creating or maybe picking up Jack Driscoll a little bit or picking up Suo Pet a little bit. You got to do better. And let me, let me ask, better. I asked this of John earlier, let me ask you, Chris Franklin, shame on the Eagles for not running more 12 personnel. Driscoll comes in, Lane Johnson goes out. Why aren't you going to two tight ends? How many plays did Stoll even play last night? A handful at most? He's, Why didn't he even go to 12? He's, I know he's dealing with a shoulder issue right now, and I don't know how effective he would really be because then you look at your other one. Yeah, you, uh, Albert O was inactive and Calcaterra. Yeah, and then you look at them. They're not the best of blocking tight ends. We come to more receiving threats. So your best – your best option to block unless you want to leave Goddard in. And I kind of think, especially with that one too, you're going to do him out. So I think he should hit more. He actually played more than I thought. 22 reps. I would have bet under that for sure. 30, 31%. Calcaterra five barely plays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought he could have done more than that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, kind of dealt with, the Jets losing all their corners. And yeah, the Eagles got antsy and are like, ooh, there's no corners. We're going to take advantage of this. And AJ did, which again, when we talk about disappointing players, you got to put Devontae Smith at the top of that list. I mean, rare. We, we, I, I can't remember the last time I looked at Devontae Smith and said, you know what? He had a bad game. Bad game. He had a bad game. He absolutely did. Yeah. First time. That's, first time, that's, really. That's very rare. Um, you have a couple games where you say Detroit week one last week when he doesn't get the football and you go, what's going on? But this was objectively a bad game. They were trying to get him the football. And that might be. You're right, Chris. That might be the first time I've ever said that in two plus years that Devontae has been here. That was just a bad game from he got, Devontae. He got he got eleven targets and AJ only got nine. Yeah. He got the ball thrown to him more than AJ did. Yeah. And AJ goes for one thirty one and Devontae goes for forty four. Hey, do the math on that. That's not good, Devontae. Sorry about that. It's it's the swing in both directions. Bad game out of Devontae. Unbelievable game out of AJ. Uh, yeah, that's and and I talked about it with Swift. One of those was 22 yards, um, uh, Jody. So that means the other 10 targets he managed 22 yards on those. So four receptions for 22 yards. Yeah, that's atypical. Devontae Smith it was a weird game. Jake Elliott's missing field goals, Devontae's <laughs> dropping passes. 
it felt like the commanders game of last year. It really did. Like halfway through, like through the third quarter, like, uh oh. It was like if you got that, oh, like this I've seen this film before. It really felt like that commander's game was last year. Yeah. All right. We asked this of Jeff Carr earlier. I'm very interested intrigued by your response. Eagles lost. Eagles lost a game they weren't supposed to lose. Eagles had guys who had bad games, coaches, quarterbacks, wide receivers, a whole bunch of guys, and the Eagles had a bad luck in that they uh, end up injured in the game, and we'll see how much that luck, bad luck goes forward with injuries going forward. Positive out of this game. A little bit of a wake-up call. A little bit of a, yeah, we don't need to play our A game. We still win anyway. Uh, McMullen gives us the break on style points all the time. No, his style points don't count in the NFL. Um, so we'll, we'll buy. Uh-oh, shoot. We not only lost, we lost the game that we could have won, we should have won. Wake-up call works for them. Adjustment and attitude. Is there a silver lining in this loss, Chris Franklin? I think it was, I think I was talking to Kobe Dean. He says like, and he said, and I'll preface this by saying he didn't think that they had this happen for it, but it says you can't have complacency. He said all this week, like if, if anything teaches everybody, you have to have continue to have a good week going out in their practice. And I think they're going to be more focused. Problem is they got the next opponents, the Miami Dolphins. So that's going to be a little rough coming back on that. But I think it teaches them, teaches them about complacency. And, and then the other thing I saw is that that accountability that everybody was talking about. So that's that's the one word you can take. Like when you're talking, when I was talking to everybody in the locker room, you hear, hear accountability, accountability, accountability. So it's nice that you know that you have your leadership team in order to do that. But it, it really does send a message like, hey, you know what? You can't, you got to value these games because that was a week. It, when, when, when everything's going to be said and done, you look that way to shake down. Five of the six top seeds in the conference lost. The Lions were the only one that won. And I think it's this – I hate to say it, but I think when all of a sudden done at the end of this week, this could be the reason why the Eagles dropped to the two seed and possibly the three seed because of this loss. Because you look at the way the Lions, the rest of their schedule. You look at the way – yeah. The 49ers, you had a chance to get a game in hand on them and you didn't take advantage of it. This is the one that potentially may have impacted your road to the Super Bowl – they, say, they may say they may not be looking that far ahead, but I am. And I'm looking at that. I think this is a loss that knocks them to two or two to two or three seed. And that's very significant given the 49ers and the Lions that are on there and having to go on a road instead of hosting a potential NFC championship game. At C. Franklin News, make sure you follow Chris on X, Twitter, uh, read him at nj.com. He's all over the place. Uh, does a tremendous job covering this team. I'm going to make you the head coach yeah. uh, for this week, Chris. Um, Maybe you'll how, see. How, how, how do you go about this film? Do you put up um, six and say, Here, here's your mistakes. Put up zero, here's your mistakes. Put up 88, here's your mistakes. Or do you say, this is so uncharacteristic. I'm not even going to dump the film. Don't worry about it. Just get back to work, learn from it, as Jody said, silver lining, accountability. How do you handle this veteran team um, moving forward? You show the film and you light a fire under you, you light a fire under a bus. I think you, you have to show the film. You can't you gotta treat it like any other week. I mean, if you're doing the same things during the first five weeks where you're winning, you gotta show the same things when you're losing and you have a bad 
performance like they did on Sunday. And that's one of those things where if you're a competitor and, and you got that fire, you know, you want to come out the next week, not only against the Dolphins, not just the Dolphins, but you just want to come out there and, and, and prove that you aren't as bad as you showed on there. That's going to light a fire under you. You're, you're just going to really get you going and trying to go like, okay, I know what my job is. I don't want to look like this for two consecutive weeks. I want to get embarrassed in front of the national audience again. So I'm looking at everything that I did. If I'm a player, I'm looking at everything I did wrong, using that in the back of my mind and perfecting that and coming out on the practice field Wednesday and, and doing anything necessary to be able to do to fix everything. It's, you, I don't think you can't change everything up completely just because of one loss. And if anything, I think it's a big motivating factor for him. The one thing I will guarantee this week, no walk through Wednesday, no walk through Thursday. No, um, no, 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 no. We got to get back to work. I put in a little effort. If if you're going to scream and yell in a meeting, that's one thing. You got to be able to take it out onto the practice field and you got to be able to tell them, here's what we did wrong. Let's actually work on it. Rather than just dissected via film, let's get out and have a teaching moment or two, not just walking through. Uh, see, seeing as you're dropping like flies with injuries anyway, the less work thing doesn't guarantee anything as far as injuries go. How about you get a little work in on the field? You agree or disagree? They had pad practice last week too. That's the thing. I know they had a pad practice. Somebody was, was a couple players trying to rush their pads in and put it in so they can get out there. So I think, I, if, if anything, I may do a walk through Wednesday. I really do oh, because you think you, oh, you need to no, you need to rest. No, These guys no. are. If anything, Banged the up. Teams, it, up. If anything, the teeth, especially yeah. those young guys that you are secondary. What? I go you know. to. Uh, I want to uh, predispose Nick's. Uh, uh, belief system, but uh, you know, whoever you believe in, maybe say, Hey, give me Lane Johnson back, give me Jalen Carter back, give me Jerry Slay back. <laughs> maybe that helps. Maybe that helps. Maybe I, and I'm at the point now I'm looking at if Driscoll struggles halfway through, I'm elevating Tyree Phillips. I'm elevating Tyree Larry, Phillips. Larry. I forgot to mention Tyree. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a backup plan ready because the last thing you want is a didn't have your quarterback dinged up and getting hit all the time. So you might as well try something else oh, if it continues before, that way. Hey, did, did you really just go there, Chris Franklin? Did yeah, you bring I'm, up without using his name, Marcus Mariota? Uh, the Eagles got enough problems after yesterday's day. You're, you're, you're going to put it out there into the ether that Marcus Mariota could be playing quarterback for the Eagles sometime soon? If they don't protect Jalen Hurts. <laughs> if they don't protect them. That's the only way. That's the only way I see go. The only By time. The way, let me yeah. speak this in because you brought up Tyre Phillips uh, on the practice squad, former third round pick. He's got uh, um, some experience at right tackle. Um, Tyler Steen, before he moved to left tackle at Alabama, was a right tackle at Vanderbilt. Maybe get him going. What, 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 what's going on with Tyler Steen? Maybe get him going. Maybe if they used all of their time that they're allotted in practice, you could cross-train these guys a little bit more than they actually have. Just saying. They do. I think seems more of a left tackle and right right now, and I think they they played it right there. So you move him to if you move him to left, play his left. He's back left tackle. And you're back Jeff at right Talent tackle. Like Jeff's not one, but he's played more right tackle than he has left tackle. Technically, he was a right tackle for longer at Vandy. And he was a left tackle at Alabama. 
You got to open your mind if you have no Lane Johnson. Now the best hope is Lane's back. Yeah, Lane. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Take that up and put numbing it up and say, Lane, please help us again. Bill. So. <laughs> and we all, we all sit here and know if it can be done, it will be done by Lane Johnson because he huh. plays as hurt, more hurt, willing to put up more pain than anybody else on this Eagle team and has done it that way for years. Chris Franklin, always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you jumping in. Thanks, we'll get Chris. back up next week. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Follow him on Twitter uh, and read him at nj.com. Chris Franklin here with us on Birds 365. All right, coming back, it's time to put a bonus. We got to try and put this one behind us, Eagle fans. Yeah, first loss show of the season. Ooh. Yeah, a little bit different. Uh, we'll come back, put a bow in the show uh, here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We'll get you back again here tomorrow. Uh, today was a tough show to do from an Eagle fan perspective for you guys to 
have to listen to our analysis of it, and it couldn't be good because you lose to a team you're not supposed to lose to. By the way, I got one more piece of bad news before we go, uh, Chody, because I did not notice this. So I'm going to uh, – my buddy Jimmy Kemsky, um, I, I just mentioned Grant, Grant Calcaterra had five uh, snaps, played five reps. Four of them were on the final drive, those final four plays. Uh, and what that means is Dallas Goddard got hurt too, likely on the interception, um, cause he was not on the field for the final four plays. I haven't watched the, uh, replay. And if he got, if he got hurt, all he did was a sit down route. Well, he went, it, it, he went it, 12 it, yards and sat down and the guy who picked off the pass cut in front of him. I don't remember the other jet D back laying him out i don't even know how he yeah got i don't think the tv because i'll read what jimmy put i tried to see and this is jimmy talking i tried to see what it might have been but hard to tell he did get hit on the ill-advised yelling hurts throw that was picked um i don't know but the fact that he wasn't on the i don't think he got benched in that situation uh-huh. um when well, so, the ball where yeah the ball. so that's not a good sign as well four of the five plays on the and one other injury question before we run here john uh because again it is what we do speculate cindy brown actually took practice last week was yeah. told me he was playing flat out fine uh they got and didn't play didn't dress later in the week aggravation or did they not they wanted to give him because it's a hammy more time i was shocked when he, he wasn't even active for the game uh, I guess you'll find out more during the week, but any guess on what the hell happened there? I guess it could have been a tweak on Friday. Now he told me flat out told me on Thursday he was going to play, he's ready to go. So I didn't see him on Friday. Um, so I guess there could have been a tweak. Other than that, I started it with hubris. I'll end it with hubris. I think they thought they could buy another week and they were going to win the game. Um, but yeah, technically there could have been a tweak, but uh, he uh, Thursday, I I even asked him. So is still, uh, you know, fifty fifty. You're gonna play? Is still not sure? And he said, No, I'm I'm playing. Now, look, he doesn't have the final decision. Um, I, I remember Britton Covey as a rookie said he broke his hand in the preseason. He he didn't break his hand. He thought he broke his hand, but then he got an X-rays, MRI, and he didn't break his hand. So players don't always know a hundred percent what the doctors are thinking, but he certainly thought he was going to play on Thursday. Here's a key: if Reed Blankenship is going to be out this week, and we don't know the extent of the rib injury he suffered, we just know he didn't come back. And ribs can be a tricky thing too. Oh, they're going to need Sidney Brown. He better be ready to go this week against the Dolphins because the best passing attack in the NFL is coming to town next Sunday night. Yeah. All right, McMullen and McDonald, we'll be back. Are you in for tomorrow, 22 hours from now? Yeah, man. Day to day, but I'm planning on it. A lot of injuries. You never know what crops up. We're just talking about with Sidney Brown, who did practice on He wasn't on the injury report, so that doesn't indicate a tweak. Um, so I'm going to go hubris, Jody. Okay, well, uh, there'll be no hubris involved. They're going to need them this week against the Dolphins. Uh, McMullen and McDonald right back here tomorrow in two and two. 
You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.